What is up, everybody? Before you listen to today's episode, just know that we did have some technical issues with our guests. So once we get to the recap section, the audio quality is going to be a little less good than what we're used to. Um, So thank you for bearing with us. I promise it's still an awesome episode and uh, enjoy. I'm Sophie. I'm Franny. And uh, let's get into it because I'm excited about this episode. Um, But we have some, I think, what I would consider pretty important business to attend to, which is what happened in Franny's week this week. You know what, Sophie? Um, You know, we're re-recording this intro because we had some technical issues, and I'm going to switch up my anecdote. Switch your anecdote, That I'm I'm telling. Um, which is that I went to Best Buy twice this week, which I think wow. is... Wow! How is this not the first one? I know, I know. I It's Best Buy, I am on about a volume about, you know, once every five years, and this week I doubled that. So, you know, exciting stuff for me. Went first to buy um, a new cord for my microphone and went second to buy a Wi-Fi extender, um, which, <laughs> you know, did not work. So I would guess I yeah. would be going to Best Buy a third time. A third <laughs> time. Wow. Well, shout out to the good people at Best Buy. Um, yeah. I had a great curbside pickup experience at Best Buy about a couple, like, I would say a couple months ago. Um, pulled my car up and they put my new laptop right in the back. Um, mm-hmm. and so I got the laptop in the back. The back. <laughs> from Best, Best Buy. Buy. <laughs> okay, I'm going to cut us off before we do anything embarrassing. Um, I, last night... So a few weeks ago on the pod, I was talking about how I had never seen the Ben Affleck movie, The Town, um, with our guests, um, Allison and Mary. Shout out to Allison and Mary. Make sure you're checking out their pod, um, American Girls podcast. It's a great, it's a romp through kind of the history of the American Girl doll. Um, But I, my boyfriend and I took an edible last night and watched this movie and guys, do not take an edible and watch this movie. It well, was, and, you know, I think I said on that on that episode that even the trailer was scary to me. I don't even yeah. think it's supposed to be a scary movie per se. They just wear very scary masks. What I would say is that it's not a scary movie, but it is the kind of movie that like, I don't know if it was because I was, you know, on a full five milligrams of weed. Mm-hmm. Um Or if, like, this movie is just incredibly dark. Like, basically, I guess, spoiler alert for The Town, which was, like, made in, like, 2011, I think. But, um, the end, like, so it's basically Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck are, um, like, career criminals living in Charlestown, Boston, which I guess is, like, notorious for a lot of... Oh, it's both of my favorite actors. Jeremy Renner and Ben Affleck. (laughs) Yeah. And basically, like, the movie ends with, like, Jeremy Renner getting, like, shot in the street by the cops, like, going out in, like, a blaze of glory. And I was, like, gripped with kind of, like, what it means to, like, choose to die, like, when you know you might be going to jail for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And it's just not, like... And the whole, you know, when you get in that spiral spiral where you're like, what does it feel like to die? Like, getting shot in the face, like, 
behind a mm-hmm. mailbox in Boston after you've literally robbed Fenway Park. Like, that's the big heist in the movie is that they're robbing Fenway Park. Um, yeah. Truly, that yeah. was... And and that's a... I have that issue with movies, too. Um, last night I was watching Scream 3. Okay, you know, yeah. Not a good movie, and the whole time I was like, what? What? how would it feel to be stabbed to death? Yes, exactly. And have your like, last I moments ser- living in fear. Right, exactly, where you're like, am I, like, that was... That's the exact spiral I go into, like, when I'm high watching these movies, being like, what mm-hmm. is it like... What does that last breath feel like when you've been shot in the face by 16 different cops and, like, you're still alive enough for your face to, like, swell up around the bullet hole and, like, that mm-hmm. kind of thing? It was very, um... It was really tough. Um, mm-hmm. I want to address... Last week we got a comment that kind of was unacceptable and threw us for a loop. And this week we also got a comment on in our Instagram that might have even been homophobic. Um... <laughs> <laughs> given the context that it was posted in last week it was classist last Saying week that it was we classist pronounce jimmy chu correctly right which is this like this week this week it was yeah. homophobic the okay so we got a comment yesterday and i'm leaving it up too because i love criticism mm-hmm. you know what i mean i'm totally open to it but basically a girl or i should say a person who doesn't even yeah, follow we're not gonna dox account. her we're not gonna dox. we're not red scare pod so no. we will not be we will not be doxing on this podcast. Basically, this girl goes to our Happy Bi Visibility Day uh, post <laughs> and decides that the appropriate thing for her to do would to be to comment underneath, please only talk about the books. I'm 12 minutes in and you haven't even mentioned the books. And I don't know what episode she's referring to. <laughs> Any number of episodes, I would... <laughs> and I'm also like, you don't follow us. No one's forcing you to listen to our, like... Pot, I like shitty podcast. Like nobody is like like I was telling Fran beforehand. I'm like, is this girl in like Guantanamo, like being like forced <laughs> to listen to episodes? And she's like, please, for the love of God, stick to the books. Like, what's going on? Yeah, but I I mean, at the end of the day, though, Sophie, we do love our haters, right? Oh, 100 percent. I'm upset. We welcome like, our haters. We welcome our haters. I hope that she's listening right now and she can kind of like let us know the context under which she was like writing this query yeah. because i'm like we, we have an open dialogue here so right it's like when i don't like a podcast i'm listening to i simply turn it off and like choose <laughs> so not to said, interact we're not planet it. money no <laughs> so... like this is an npr like no. you're not being forced to listen to it in the back of your dad's car like what's going on um, but if you are if your dad is listening to this uh i would you have bigger problems to deal with, I think, if this is your dad's right. favorite podcast. So then I feel Yeah, for you. it's like maybe have a... If you're in high school and you're in the back of your dad's car and he's forcing <laughs> you to listen to this podcast, I would 100% like call a trusted adult and like let them know that that's happening. Um, but I think maybe our guests can give us some insight on maybe what this person could have been thinking. Um, so this is really exciting. These are our first returning guests, our... GLU all-stars, I guess we can call them. Um, This is so exciting. And they also happen to be my best friends. We've got Stuart Highcar and Michelle Castro. What's up? Hello. So, guys, what what kind of insight do you think you can give us on this Instagram comment? I want to give Michelle the floor to take this. It definitely seems like something she would have written with a burner. Yeah, I was going to say, this sounds a lot. This sounds very close to home. (laughs) I... I mean, 12 minutes in, I mean, come on, guys. 
30 seconds out of the bat. That's true. So 30 seconds out the gate, we should be on chapter 5. Yeah, okay. I'm one second in, and they haven't even talked about the books. And they haven't even, what the fuck, first second, first page, obviously. I do do want to specifically ask the question, was the comment related to the fact that it was by visibility day, or was it just, it just happened to coincide with that day? It just happened to coincide. She, no, by visibility day, yeah, so the, the, so it was under our by visibility day post, and this comment was posted last night, and that post was made maybe five days ago. Ooh, interesting, interesting, interesting. This plot is getting thick. Thick. Um, So, I, I think report the comment. Yeah, Yeah. report it. Report your fans for, um, uh, uh, creating a violent atmosphere on Instagram. Did you try like going into the profile? Like, oh, one hundred percent. And the profile is open. I'll send. I'll drop you guys the profile. Drop later. me the link. And <laughs> I'm, there's a lot do of I insight. Have clearance to cyberbully. You have clearance to. Cy- no. I don't know. I, I do not give clearance to cyberbully. Yeah. Oh, no one in this God, podcast Franny. has that clearance. But it should be stated that I do have Q level clearance <laughs> in the government. I need all access. Just, I just need to say that out loud on the pod. No, I'm not going to cyberbully if, if Franny doesn't give me her clearance. Mm-mm. Sorry. I, Again, I, I love my haters. I welcome my haters. Hey, if you love I welcome them, I our won't. haters, and I don't think they deserve to get cyberbullied, but I just want to know, like, I'm just, like, I <laughs> you want get, to you get to the get bottom down to of brass tacks. Right. I want to yeah. have a conversation. That's the thing. Is like this. That's, like, and that's what I would do for you, is, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message them saying, I just want to have a conversation. <laughs> and then All maybe, caps. like, seven years later, you're going to get a, uh, a response from this person being like, now when we talk about how fun middle school was, I can't <laughs> participate. <laughs> This oh, is wow. Up. A personal attack. This a personal, personal attack, attack on a former bully in the in the chat. <laughs> I yeah. was not a bully. I was just friends with the middle school bullies. Well, I was I... sort of the comedic relief there. So, so you I was were... dragged around. Like so a you dog. were a bystander. Mm. And, no. and Michelle, that's worse. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. See something, Michelle, say something. Michelle has often described her behavior as just following orders, which <laughs> I don't know if I agree with, but well, you are a real Alicia. For, yeah. for my Yes. Okay, honestly, if I was a click member, I in real life in reference to my middle school days, I was mm-hmm. a total Alicia. Yeah. Because Alicia, you know, I feel like afterwards, after she would be part of Massey's like bullying, I feel like she would sort of show like a soft side. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or, or perhaps... I don't know? think that's true at all. As someone who spent the last six months of my life being forced to reread these okay, books, I can almost say a, that that's patently untrue. Maybe I'm more of a Kristen. Mm. Sort of, Kristen um, doesn't have a personality. No, but Kristen Alicia does have some interiority. Yes. Can I ask but that you guys make her which good. of the girls is the one who's constantly bullied for their weight? Dylan. That's Dylan. I'm kind of feeling like a Dylan from middle school. I just got to look at Oh, yeah, Chubby Stew. Absolutely, I was Chubby Stew. For all those listeners out there who don't have pictures of me from middle school on their phones to pull up, um, you know, you can look up that picture of Gabe from season two of Pen15, and I have really been connecting with this boy today. (laughs) Maybe we'll we'll put one on our Instagram. And we'll, let, and we'll let you guys our, are get a lot our more haters decide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, <laughs> haters get like a purge full twenty four hours. Be as mean yeah. as you want. Yeah. <laughs> purge um, on my photos. <laughs> purge level. You know, speaking of, yeah. of which of these girls, you know, which of them have a soft side? Which of them is most like Stuart? Um, we did. We wanted to do something kind of fun with our returning guests, oh. so we are going to play. We're going to play a game today, and I guess first my. So note on this would be <laughs> your full you know. titties. 
sorry. sorry. Are we live on Twitch? Because we are banned. We are so shadow banned. Yeah. Yeah. I had to get my beer. Hold on, yeah. Franny, re-record that. Are you kidding me? You're having to put intro? that in? No, because nobody can see, so it won't be funny. I would hope no one can see. <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, go whatever you want. Um, so speaking of, you know, which girl would be the, you know, has the softest side, which girl looks the most like Stuart, uh, we thought it would be fun with our returning guests to play kind of a game. Um, and, you know, fun meaning in that we thought it, we'd like to challenge you guys. And we'd like to Ooh. question, make you guys question your decision to come back on the show. And it's been um, a while since both of you have been on the show, so we want to make sure that you guys are, um, you know... The, the you're doing your homework. has stayed yeah has stayed in your minds mm-hmm. um okay and you know what before we start this i guess i should ask a basic question and michelle i know that you read these books you were involved in fan fiction you know who these girls yes, are i did role Stu- play Stuart, saying as you, you didn't know who dylan was do you remember who the four girls are or the five girls as i should say i mean okay so i'm just gonna go through them because i know mm-hmm. at least four of their names and the fifth one is the city so okay. we're gonna start with massey massey's the leader she's also yeah. um a sociopath and her inner thoughts are almost always violent um <laughs> past that i know alicia i think alicia has um, a larger bosom than yeah, the other girls? Yeah, Alicia got them that... titties. Okay, yeah. okay, thank you. Um, uh, there is, oh, one that starts with, well, there's me. There's the uh, girl who has <laughs> a perfectly fine body image, but who is constantly ripped apart by these other witches, Dylan. And um, is one of them named, like, Selma? No. <laughs> Selma's only <laughs> in this a... book. Yeah, Selma doesn't make an appearance in this book. And that's the city. Um, oh, Kristen? Yeah. Kristen, yeah. Kristen. Yeah. How could um, I forget Kristen? Kristen sort of the sporty spice. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have it. Claire, who's baby spice. Yeah. Oh. That's hot. Cool. Baby overall spice. Yeah. Overall spice? <laughs> yeah. Overall spice. <laughs> also, sort of Chex Mix spice, yeah. Right. <laughs> Cool so it, as long as Stuart, as long as you can remember the names of these four girls, you or these five girls, you will be able to play this game. Okay, sort of feels like I'm coming in with a bit of a disadvantage, but I am just <laughs> ready to play and have fun. And yeah. this is all about sportsmanship. I learned a lot about sportsmanship in uh, the book for this week, so I'm ready. I'm ready whenever you are. If we're to make a topical reference here, in playing this game, I would say that, you know, Michelle is uh or no Stuart's your Trubitsky and uh Michelle is the guy they put in after Trubitsky today who Nick ended up yes and he he's the one who scores all the touchdowns what is yeah, going Nick, on right Nick now Foles, uh I know this is normally not a sports pod but Sophie and I got to get into Bears history <laughs> right now Nick Foles one of the largest endowed men in the NFL known Shut as up. Big, How big Nick that's not a joke How like big? people Multi- uh, big, big enough that other players talk about it. <laughs> and I mean, like, to, to Stu, big's like five inches. Yeah. I mean, that's mass. Let's not joke around. I mean, big, you know, like three and a half, four. But... <laughs> yeah. Is he tall? Is he like. No, he's a nor- He's like six, two. So this Oh, that's impressive, then. Yeah. Well, because if yeah. he was like, you know, seven feet, 
Yeah. Right. And then he had a just ten inch dick. Out. I would be like, that's you know, that's <laughs> okay. proportional. So I'll find uh, a picture yeah. of his dick and I'll put it on our Instagram. <laughs> yes, yeah, put it on our Instagram, <laughs> and then someone can comment. I'm thirty minutes into the pod and you guys are just talking about this guy's dick. Yeah, I'm in I the backseat of my this dad's for car. Children and you guys, yet. you woke up talking about this guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, this game is called GLU Feud. Oh. Welcome to Family Feud, uh, a.k.a. GLU Feud. I'm your host, Steve Harvey. Today we will be playing a game about the click book characters. Um, so basically, uh, we posed some questions to our followers. And um, you have to answer, you know, by buzzing in your name. So I'll ask a question. You'll buzz in. You'll say Stuart or Michelle. And you'll tell me what you think is the top answer on the board cool. for this question. So what you should know is um, for all of these questions, except for the question, and we'll tell you uh, mm-hmm. ahead of time which question it is, um, Kristen is not an answer because Kristen has no uh, real like plot or personality. And so we oh. decided to... She's uh, poor and must dress. <laughs> yes and it's important to remember that because she's poor you know she doesn't count right and also the uh the survey that i did only had four answer options instead of five (laughs) so so. Kristen was never allowed right um so essentially you know if you are the first person who gets the top answer you win that point um but say you say oh you know dylan for a certain answer and dylan is the second on the board and the other person gets another chance, and if they Ooh. win, they win the point. If they get a higher score, so it's it, you know it's a modified Family Feud. We can only um, get there first is no prize. Place. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, are you guys ready to play? Are you willing? I'm ready to, to play? play, Steve. I'm personally right. super ready. And okay, so which of the girls is most likely to become a trad wife? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A what wife? A trad wife. A traditional wife. Oh, okay. I'm going to buzz in. Stuart. Stuart, let's hear your answer. Ooh, okay. Out of the four, I am immediately, for some reason, drawn to... Dylan? Uh, Dylan is number three on the board. Number three on the board. I think, Michelle. Yeah. Am I supposed to say my own name? Yeah, you can. That's that's our that's our okay, cool. buzzing system. That's how I played uh, in Family Feud the board game. So oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, I would say Claire. Ding ding ding! And Damn. Michelle gets the top answer on the board. Michelle, Ooh. how did you know? Um, well, I told you she's overall spice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. She's Chex Mix. <laughs> yeah, Stuart, we gave you the answer beforehand. I fucking gave it to you. Bro. I know this is a this is a fucking quiz show thing and i i'm messing it all up all right let's keep going i'm ready steve all right question number two which of the girls is most likely to commit a felony eh. michelle probably massey yep out of the gate good question out of yeah. the gate massey will do anything to win and yeah. this was our question that had the biggest um 
you know, disparity. Massey had 28 points. Well, she, she, gl- I mean, not to get into the book so soon, but I mean, she, she does. She glues a girl in her seat. Like, that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, and then refuses to take any sort of responsibility imagine, for her. Yeah, actions, you imagine someone like... gorilla gluing you to anything? Like, that's like skin to fabric. Ouch. Yeah. 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 It's no good, is what it is. No. It hurts. But is it a felony? No. <laughs> it's a horse camp writing. In this essay, I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number three. Which of the girls is starting a podcast? Stuart. Stuart. Who? This one is almost too easy. And it's not just... It's not Massey. It's not Claire. And it's not Dylan. Who is the fourth one? Alicia. It's and that's Alicia. right. Really? That's right. I would have yeah. said Dylan. I would have said Dylan. I know Dylan. why you would say that, um, yeah. but no. Alicia has the gift of gab, and uh, she's going to bring it on pod, and she's probably going to join HeadGum. But see, I would wow. say Dylan because Dylan's mom's already, isn't she already like a personality? Yeah, Dylan's yeah. mom is kind of like the Kathy Lee of right. uh, the quick extended universe. Thank and that's God. Yeah, but, um, Alicia does character. have her little news show. Right. Oh, I heard about that, yeah. So, cool. Um, all right, question number four. Which of the girls is the gayest? Eh, Dylan. Mm. Oh, so for this for this one, um, <laughs> oh no, what? Damn, for this one, Massey is not an option because Massey and I, or not Massey, Franny and I, <laughs> um, kind of came to the conclusion on our episode last week that there was nothing gay about Massey. No, she's no. uncomfortably straight. Yeah, I yeah. would I would argue she's not even straight. I would argue she feels she's no like connection a, she's like to Morrissey. another human. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she's like Morrissey. Massey's like Morrissey, dude. She's just like a dick and like asexual and and refuses to perform some but some. Yeah, she's like the worst meat. part of the Smiths. Yeah, and there are all yeah. these white guys with tattoos of her name. Right, yeah, Chris <laughs> Gathered has a tattoo of Massey's Chris name on his arm. Um, Stu, do you have Dylan. an answer? Because Dylan was fourth on the board. So, unfortunately, what? Dylan was the lowest ranking answer. Least, That's wrong. So, we're saying Dylan's the least gay of the four girls. Dylan is the most androgynous. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, I'm don't blame us. Put, blame the nation. I, hey, <laughs> That's the feud, all right? <laughs> um, I'm going to have to put this one on Claire. You know what? You do win. Um, but Claire was actually only second on the board. And what? Kristen was first on the board. Kristen's so horny for... What's his name? She has, For Dempsey dude, or whatever. she has a long-term boyfriend. Yeah. So do I would have said them. Claire or... Um, no, Dylan doesn't. Or Alicia. Because Dylan's struggling with something. And what is it that she's struggling with? Uh, her sexuality, that's for damn sure. Uh-oh. Well, only five of our listeners agreed with you, while 24 said that Claire was They're wrong. gay. Yeah, something no, not about Claire. Claire. You said, I, oh, you said Claire? I, I voted for Claire. I, I Yeah, I don't know why Kristen would have been at the top. I mean, do you guys have she's any? I guess. That doesn't count. Yeah, I don't think it counts uh, well, either. You know, I'm gay and I listeners... have never done a sport, so. did you like when we were talking about mitch trubisky earlier oh i loved it i definitely um didn't think you were talking about like a video game or something (laughs) (laughs) all right final question and this is the tiebreaker each of you has two points right now and the final question is which of the girls is most likely to do improv comedy uh michelle 
Dylan. Okay, Michelle, let's hear it. Dylan. Dylan? That's number two on the board, but there's one Ooh. higher than her. I so have you a steal? chance. Wow, I'm coming for the steal. My family is so excited over at the board. <laughs> they're, they're pumped. I have three options here. I assume, Cla- so Claire is not an option on this question, right? Kristen is not an option. On Kristen is not an option. Okay, cool. Um, in that case, I do believe that this is going to Claire. Yes! Yes! I honestly would have said Massey. I would have said Massey. I know Massey what you'd say. Massey is likely to do improv, according see, to our... I feel like Massey would see someone getting a laugh and be like, I can do that. And then her hubris <laughs> takes over. Yes, her hubris. It's always her over. hubris. Think about all of her terrible, like, one liner jokes that she sets up in these books. I mean, she thinks that she would be great at improv. Yo, She's the next Robin Williams. Would... Okay. Massey would go to one improv show and see everybody's like oily ass faces under the lights of the crowd and be like, this is beta territory. <laughs> like, are untrue, you kidding me? I mean. Massey's that hot girl dating like an improv dude. Right. Okay. Yeah. That Guys, I can, can we see. Stop, can we stop talking about my friggin' GF? <laughs> <laughs> Carly is 100% Your GF is Massey? <laughs> yeah, my GF is totally a Massey. Carly's a Massey. For all those stalkers out there, you can look it up. Her family trillionaires, apparently. Uh oh, Hampton. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll get it. And I think with that, and congratulations to Stewart. But I think it's time to get into this book. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't. So wait. my boyfriend's totally an Alicia. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting fires. Um, sorry. Okay, now you can keep going. <laughs> uh, so we start off. This book, and Massey is at um, a horse riding camp. The first thing that I took note of was that it described that her horse um, was covered in gold glitter and that she had put gold glitter mascara on her horse. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that Which I is would say, a pretty normal, normal thing in dressage. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> I As someone... Know. As someone who has never been on a horse, and at this point, I feel like my time has passed. I can never yeah. get on a horse. Your I ass feel like is too seeing, big now. Seeing a horse with mas- gold mascara on, terrifying. Yeah, up there with some of the worst, some of the worst things. As someone yeah. um, who is deathly afraid of horses and also kind of <laughs> afraid of Massey, I, uh, are you really afraid of horses? I am very afraid of horses, yeah. They scare the <laughs> hell out of me. They're the only animal that we, like, keep around us that could so easily murder us, you know? I, like, I feel the exact same way. It's like keeping yeah. silverbacks in a field and you go out and ride them and, like, punch them in the ribs. And they're not – they don't like that. Why are you um, punching – who's punching them in the ribs? When you ride a horse, you kick it in the side to make it go faster. Oh, that's fucked up. I don't up. like that. I don't but, know how it um, works. The reason I brought this up, this fear of Massey and the horse, and, of course mm-hmm. – while Fran, yeah, it was covered in like gold, gold mascara. You're a hundred percent right. It yeah. was also described as a, a a white horse, and I just wanted to to start this record with with this quote from Revelations. <laughs> and I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with them. Something happened. Wow. Uh, 
Jesus. <laughs> what was that? I shouldn't say his name, because yeah. he was involved. So something has yeah. happened where that kind of, that biblical quote kind of created a hole in the space-time continuum, and now mm-hmm. our audio configuration has changed. Has, has everyone seen Palm Springs? This is a lot like Palm Springs. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Palm Springs-style conundrum. J- I saw J.K. Simmons in that loop we were transported in. Uh-oh, Connor O'Malley was there. Yeah, doing okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Certainly. Um, but, you know, with that, maybe let's just get into the recap. I think that's right. Do we want to address the fact that three of us are now in the same room looking at each other? I guess so we can address the fact In masks. In masks. Six feet apart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, no, we have been a quarantine crew pretty much, you know, for the last, like, two, three months, yeah, I want to say. Yeah, a while. And luckily that allows us to yeah. reconfigure podcast recording at a right. moment's notice. Apart yeah. from the time when I was, like, really sick and Yeah, and we all coughing. made out. Yeah. But that was just, like, a weird <laughs> cough. Like, yeah. that was nothing it in was particular. It was a weird cough, yeah. I would call nothing. it almost asymptomatic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say that it was nearly asymptomatic. I've never had COVID, for the record. <laughs> okay. Okay. For the fucking record. Fran, why don't you kick off our recap? Sure. Um so I think that we talked about this yesterday. Um in that the first thing that caught my eye is Massey's at this writing competition and that um she put glitter mascara on her horse. Right, which is um, a crime. Well, and yeah, it's scary. And, yeah, and yeah, I'm like scary. that horse's going to go blind. I think, uh, I mean, like, have you guys ever seen a horse's eyelashes? They are, they're big. They got big lashes. Yeah, so I get why she would do it, but do I think it's ethical? No. Absolutely not. Yeah, so actually PETA is currently coming after the workplace of two of the people involved in this chat, and I'm not going to say which two people, <laughs> Thank but you. Thank um, you. <laughs> I definitely would say that PETA would also have something to say about this book. Exactly. Certainly, their treatment of animals throughout, I mean, not just the horses in the beginning, but we'll get into some, I believe they play around with, like, some dwarf horses, and also, I mean, the way Bean is treated is... Bean's a dog. Bean is a dog, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that what's fucked up about the horse is then, because after they put the uh, mascara on the horses, and then she glues... She glues Selma, right? Yeah. To the horse. So we'll, we'll get into this because okay, we'll get this there. girl, <laughs> Massey, is just being a queen bee even at her riding camp. And mm-hmm. she they want to win their riding competition. I don't know how these, these so things bad. work. None so bad. Us. Two words on her mind, number and one. That's right. <laughs> yes. I wrote that quote down. She only cares about two words, and it's number, number and one. Morning, I got two words on my mind. Number one. <laughs> number one, one. <laughs> the combination doesn't matter. It can no, be one, one number, 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 number one, one. <laughs> um, I, I think it's crazy. They're at um, specifically Galois or Galway. Galois. Galois um, Horse Academy or something like that. Yeah. And it's like generationally famous on the East Coast for breeding incredible riders and horses. And we come mm-hmm. to find that one park girls might have a bit of a blood connection to this place. Right. Yeah. And they so, keep being like, Massey essentially, keep, this girl keeps falling off her horse, whatever. But well, every. Do you want to say what her nickname is? I forget. Isn't it like Fatty Fall or Abdul. something? It's no. Fall, Fall Fatty. <laughs> they keep like, Massey keeps being like, we because we're in her POV and it keeps being like Selma, uh, aka Fala Abdul, like, her skin oozed over the 
Yeah, I mean, they definitely her treat her pants. poorly, and they say that her riding pants look like um, there's bread baking out of them. Yeah, I certainly <laughs> think that uh, Massey, Christina, Apple hates mm-hmm. so much. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, I just got it. Play. Oh, I just got it. Yeah. Okay. You're practically a glue yourself. Yeah. Oh, I'm glue. Yeah, we're all glues yeah. here. Well, speaking we, of glue, yeah. think about what Massey does to this girl. She keeps falling off her horse, and so Massey, in a stroke of brilliance, I guess, decides that she's going to take leather glue and force this girl to sit in a saddle with it. And that's exactly well, what And, and not does. even sit normal. She, This girl ends up sitting side saddle. Which that's is, right. from what my knowledge is of that, like, scary. Right? Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never been on a horse. Like, <laughs> right. oh, my God. Yeah. So, did you guys ever watch the, um, it was a British television series when oh, with we the horses. were children. No. Okay. There were no, that's Saddle Club. Yeah. You're thinking, and that's Canadian. <laughs> Um, I thought you were going to say uh, Princess Diaries 2 when she has well, to fake a side riding saddle side saddle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. also this show called The Worst Witch, which was like a predecessor <laughs> to Harry Potter. And basically this girl, uh, it was about like a, a a Hogwarts, but just for girls. Okay, I'm and, listening. Uh, <laughs> they all rode their broom side saddle. Mm, I, oh. Why? I don't quite understand. Like and it- the girl from... Uh, like the girl from Bewitched, Myrtle she rides the... it. It's side yeah. saddle. She she does she infamously. And... She yeah. she flies across the logo of Bewitched and dots the eye, I believe, with a magic wand. It is yeah. it is strange that side saddle is thought of as ladylike, and it's because they wore dresses back in some point, right. which made it impossible to ride otherwise. But it's still yeah. much harder than riding a horse the other way. <laughs> like exactly, I, I'm trying to do the Bewitched thing. <laughs> Or you crinkle like, your nose? Like, what, move your nose? I was just looking at Franny, just trying to change my nose, yeah. It, um... Can it any of us do me, it? I don't no. think I can. There's no talented people. Stuart, you're just flaring my nostrils. Uh, that's, yeah. what an, that's what the well, witch does, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> she smells something wicked, and it's the magic in the room. What I've been trying to say is that modern feminism has killed side saddle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that we... Why? How? Because we don't do it anymore, because girls are kind of gallivanting around town wearing pants. And, pants, And exactly. I hope that everybody's registered to vote so that we can address this in the upcoming election. Absolutely. <laughs> side saddle is, like, more feminine. Well, it's because you would wear a dress so you couldn't split your legs on a horse to go both right. ways. But luckily, we, of course, have uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who is the first case she's taking on the Supreme yeah. Court is to uh, deeply... Uh, yeah, bring back Make it illegal for a horse to bust somebody's hymen. <laughs> Well, you know, for, for our really listeners, cool. if you're listening on the day that this is released, there will be a debate um, tonight. So maybe, you know, just pop into CNN or wherever, get in one of those, uh, yeah, slip a, slip a 20 to whoever's moderating and just say, uh, Joe Ken Bonet Trump. Ken us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ken Bonet about Thank side God. saddle. Can somebody please be the Ken Bone of side saddle? <laughs> I mean, someone has to do it. Um, should we talk more about this book? Let's talk more about I guess, book. yeah. Yes. I mean, it starts at this horse camp, but Massey is very quickly discovered for her, like, leather glue thing and kicked out of camp. And this is, like, the first chapter or two of the books and i was surprised because normally massey's whole thing is that she has no comeuppance for her horrific behavior right exactly she's immediately kicked out of the camp and sent home in tears and i was like good 
Yeah. Seems like she might learn a lesson yeah. from she this She sort song. of has her footloose moment. You know what I mean? You know when he gets really mad and he sort of like dances it out? I feel like that moment where she gets caught and then she runs back to the thing and she like slams the door closed. Totally. <laughs> and then those girls yeah. run after She's sort of having her footloose moment. Yeah, where he's mm-hmm. like in the factory doing gymnastics yeah. and stuff angrily. Doing, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know if she did a lot of the physicality, but the emotion was there. Certainly. But I think that, so... I have a a unified theory on this book that I'm going to (laughs) present to all of you later. Um, And it will, you know, your understanding of it will definitely be dependent on your understanding of French literature. But um, (laughs) Good start. But I will say that there is something about this book and the level of irony and perspective that it brings that makes it totally unique for many of the books we've read so far. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean... it's ironic? Yeah, I I get it. I almost feel like maybe you're giving it too much credit because there were multiple times when I'm like, maybe this is trying to comment on the behavior or the particular business that is examined in this book. But at the same time, I, not to spoil it, Massey gets everything she wants from behaving yeah. poorly in this book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and Massey, you know, I guess Lisi is taking a stance against gluing people to horses. She's willing to give Massey consequences for that, but not right. for the other items we'll get into Barely. later. They don't even give her time to pack. Like, within no. that same <laughs> like, chapter... No, be out in six they're seconds. Like, they're like, yeah, we're gonna have to escort you off the premises if you're not ready yet. And um, she, like, hasn't left the stable. Right. No. And while we're talking about Lacey, I just want to present this to the group. So I did get a message from her today. Uh-oh. Big Finally. update. What? Big update. Finally, she responded to one of oh our my DMs. God, so and guys, say hi. I have I have to say, Lacey, if you're listening to this, we need to have a conversation about how DMs work because <laughs> <laughs> I and I love you. Like I feel like even through like the brief interactions we've had, we've really formed a bond, and I consider you like like, a spunky stepmother to me, and I, like, I'm just dying, so basically I posted an update on our Instagram saying, hey, due to technical difficulties, today's episode will be uh, out tomorrow, and she responded to it saying, can't wait, when I've been DMing this woman, she, she has agreed to be on the podcast, but I've been DMing this woman, like, trying to set, like, you know, some concrete plans for weeks, and she claims in the, we're literally messaging in the comments of Instagram posts, and she's like, I can't find my DMs. This is so Bush League. This woman, I, look, I think it's going to be awesome for you guys to have her on, and she will be on. I think she's incredibly talented, but maybe comes from a younger, an older generation that doesn't Mm -hmm. quite understand how social media works in some aspects. And And that's, and that's okay, I think. I don't need Lisey Harrison to know how to, she's already done her, her duty to the world. Lisey Harrison, thank you. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. We love you. for all you do. Um, but let's get back to the book. Once yes, we've got to get back <laughs> so, to the book. She- so Massey, Massey gets back. Her parents are mad at her. She gets back to her house, and she's shocked that she's grounded for, you know, gluing a girl to um, a horse. And her parents are a little bit distracted, though, because they're having, like, a benefit for the Earth that night. Like, they're having, like, this at their Southampton's house. And what I wanted to point out is that they refer to both Leonardo DiCaprio and P. Diddy being good friends with the blocks. Yes. P. Diddy is, is name dropped multiple times and at one point is like shit on for having not invented the idea of the like whiteout party. Right. Exactly. Which and, is and he's referred to as both P. Diddy and Puff Daddy. So, you know, at least he's showing her cards with this. Yeah. Well, she did used to work for MTV. 
That's true. <laughs> oh, Lizzie, yeah. Yeah. Lizzie. Yeah, definitely. Well, so then she's they, also, they right. also reference the hills, and I'm sort of at mm-hmm. that point in the hills, in my rewatching of the hills, where Whitney Port is becoming a main character. Okay. Sort of a little yeah. side note. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that that definitely. I feel like the Whitney Port Con uh, Lauren Conrad. They have a few era. Hills references. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that really lines up with this. I I remember specifically getting both of their books from the library. Even though, yes. I mean, what do, qualifications did you do they read, have? Did you read the ones that Lauren Conrad wrote? Yeah, with the little heart sunglasses on. Them. Yes, <laughs> yes. I think I read that. I like candy. It was called. Oh I like my candy. god, oh. we got to do this. For the pod. That was like the theme even. of Michelle's keen say. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but I will say, it seems like they both kind of are talking about the same audience of like this particular rich white privilege thing, mm-hmm. where like. There is no consequences. The worst thing that could happen is you get fired from Teen Vogue to get a new job at Real Vogue. Right. It's like you know, there's, there is no backstop. It's just these dream lives for like younger girls to look at and be okay. like, yeah, I could actually have that life as well. Right. Yeah. So I think, so there's this party at the Blocks house and it's green themed. So everybody is like wearing green or brown and then the um gross and they're doing like they have priuses there to show for people home like it's like love that eco it's not only is it a color story but it's an ecological story mm-hmm. um and basically this scene and like the thereafter the scenes thereafter kind of allowed me to make now the firm conclusion that the block parents are raging alcoholics oh yeah oh, i yeah. mean do you remember like the the so little attention is given to their daughter yeah. throughout this book. At multiple times, she does stuff that I would consider is like like that you would beat a kid for. I mean, I would consider it. I would become uh, the the star of NBC's The Slap over some of the things that happen in this book because she is behaving insanely, and they they like they chastise her in one sentence, but then go like, well. Gotta go. We gotta take care of this party. And they zip off drinking some big, big drink. But isn't this yeah. where they say no more visa? Yes. Isn't this, this is yeah, like they say where... hasta la vista, baby. Hasta right. la visa, <laughs> baby. They pronounce the H. It's so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. Um, yeah, so Massey gets all of her credit cards taken away. And she's also grounded. And her mother tells her... That in, unless she gets a job in one week, she's going to have to work at the club. And I was about to pound my head against the damn table because I was like, if this ends up being... So for you guys, the Alicia Summer Series, oh, yeah. book, which we read for the pod last week, mm-hmm. is literally just Alicia having to get a job at a country club, but in Spain. And I was like, if we have to do the same exact book, but America, I'm going to lose mm-hmm. my fucking mind. Yeah, the second they mentioned um, the, uh, what is it, the Sunscreen and Towel Hut, the SAT, yeah. I was like, yeah. I think I know where this book's going, but Lisi has a couple of tricks up her sleeve, because yeah. I had no idea that it was going to become like this burning examination of, of mid-level marketing schemes, right. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, mm-hmm. I, what I do want to mention before we get off this party with her parents, they mentioned very specifically that all the most important rich people and millionaires of the East Coast were there. If <laughs> we check these... Epstein, exactly. Are, are her parents on the Epstein flight logs? Is it true? Is it? Because they're missing a lot. They don't really care about their kid. I mean... And I, they all the... Well, and for for uh, your guys' information, after this, so we read the, the main series in chronological chronological orders these Mm -hmm. summer series books come 
um, in the middle of the main series. So we're getting, like, we've already read through the time that these girls are living in, and all of a sudden, after this summer, the blocks lose all of their money. Oh! (laughs) Some sort of Israeli Mossad bullshit. They lost all their uncut diamonds. Well, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, but don't, isn't, Massey visits Claire in her book, and this may have been a lie, but didn't she say that her parents were just on vacation and she couldn't come? Were they at Little St. James? Is that possible? Is that true? Little St. James. Little St. James. Baby St. James. Yeah. The island of our dreams. There's actually a picture of Mr. Block, like, massaging that girl's shoulders next to Bill Clinton. There's a picture of Mrs. Block in that, like, blue and white golden domed weird fucking right. statue like there. Like her and Ghislaine both sunbathing yeah. topless. Exactly. And it's just cool. It's normal. Yeah. God, William man. William Block was on that plane with like Chris Tucker and Matt Green. <laughs> Chris Tucker? Yeah, Chris yeah. Tucker's on it's there. Like Malcolm Tucker. Gladwell was, was talking to Matt Was Chris Tucker on the list? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta read those flight logs. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I think yeah. he's hilarious. Oh, well, you and what? <laughs> How about a summer reading list? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Uh-oh, no, uh-oh. Oh, close it down. <laughs> um, and one more thing about about you know her her parents and their substance abuse is that Kendra has a full who is Massey's mom. The day after the party, she has like a full getup for just specifically having a hangover. Exactly. And I'm gonna re- I'm gonna read this this paragraph. Uh, Kent. Kendra entered dressed in her post-party recovery outfit. Lavender-scented lilac fret robe, matching slippers filled with self-heating rejuvenation pearls, and a copper wire anti-hangover bracelet. So they're kind Whoa. of already getting at oh, the... Oh, that's uh, like a Livestrong Yeah, thing. the copper yeah. wire thing is that... The, I don't know if you guys had those awful kids in like middle and high no. school who were like on a baseball team. They sucked, and they weren't strong enough to hit home <laughs> runs yet, but they were all wearing those like copper-infused bracelets that would give them perfect balance and extra strength. The kids yeah. I babysit That's like those. the... Oh, they're the strong? Armstrong. Yeah. Armstrong? No, those are just lips. Those are just rubber, right? aren't they? Yeah. Those are just rubber. You have to learn that, though. You, gotta, you do. You, you have, have to, to learn buy, that. You have to buy in bulk, and then you learn I that. remember when mm-hmm. I first put on an, uh, a Livestrong bracelet, I thought I could do anything, yeah. and I attacked a man in the street, and I was right. I was pushed into the concrete exactly. face. Or first. is Lillian Block wearing a, a, like, you know, like the Kona... Kendra Block. Kendra, sure. What did I say? <laughs> Lillian. Like, like the one that has uh, the, the black... The ash from, like, the lowest... From the mountain. Oh. <laughs> and then the water from the yes, highest altitude. From Everest, yeah. absolutely. Either way, she's wearing some yeah. sort of wrist binding that is giving her more power than she would normally have, which <laughs> is very Epstein, I'll say. Wow. Yes. Also, I just want to put this out there. Uh, when the visa gets denied... Um, uh, Massey's first instinct is to ask her parents, are we poor now? And the dad goes, no, we're not poor. In fact, I just had a record-breaking year. And the way he seems to have to flex at his own daughter about his wealth mm-hmm. really put me off my lunch. Yeah, it's well, upsetting. <laughs> also, we learn that he's bald in this book, and I don't know why, but that William Mr. Block, Block, Mr. Block is. Ugh. And that just uh, That's me. not canon. It just, I don't yeah. think that's <laughs> That puts him at an older age than the age of somebody who should have, like, true. a 13-year-old. He could, be, he could just have, like, pre-baldness. Yeah, he could be preying all over the place with his baldness. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Massey you know, is given this incentive to get a job. Mm -hmm. To get her visa back. Right. And she decides the only honorable way for a young woman to work is to get what she deems a jobby, Jobby. which is a 
mm-hmm. uh, a hybrid between a job and a hobby. Um, it's kind so, of what we're all looking for, right? Well, exactly. And something mm-hmm. now that I kind of want to present to the group is this book has a lot to say about, I would say this, and my thesis that I'm like presenting to you all is that this book is probably the most prescient of the series that we've read so far about what roles are available to wealthy women in our society. Interesting. interesting. Prescient in what way? I'm getting there. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Define it. Um, the roles that are available to women in our society. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys have read um, Madame Bovary uh, by of, Gustave Flaubert. Of course. Oh, a, a truly an interesting look inside the mind of a woman who is trapped not only by society, but also by her own bounds of, of what she believes she can do. Exactly. And so wouldn't you say... Sorry, I just want to, I only know about this book because they're talking about it in The Sopranos right now, so I just want to out myself as not an intellectual. I actually okay. only watch The Sopranos. So, have, has anybody, Franny, have you read Madame Bovary? Uh, unfortunately, I have not. Okay, so this book... You can take my degree have, away from me, my yeah. own university. You get to teach us. That now <laughs> I can kind of speak as the authority on this and nobody mm-hmm. can come at me. <laughs> this book is... Madame Bovary. Ooh. This book is like so deeply paralleled to Madame Bovary in so many ways that it's like shocking. So Madame Bovary, Bovary comes from the word bovine, sure. like referring to like pastoralism. Like a, this book yeah. begins, I would say, in a, in a very pastoral setting on a farm. Yeah, in terms of romanticism, there's very little. Le- you know, there's there's almost nothing more beautiful than this. You know, countryside horses, girls riding horses. Uh, there's this guy named Alessandro who used to work at SeaWorld. So exactly. I know what you mean. Yeah. So, you know, and she's kind of thrust out of that environment by choices that she's made mm-hmm. and forced into an arrangement that limits, you know, because she's a young woman, she's limited in her scope of the things that she can do. And she begins to spiral into a path of self-destruction that kind of is a lampoon of women's work and femininity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when was the, this was written in the, the 1700s? Right. So it's it's almost because how, but it's still very, I assume, applicable in a lot of ways. Yeah, to the behavior of rich women and the kind of things mm-hmm. that they consider their struggle um, and the ways that they delude and destruct both themselves and their communities. I, do you think there is any tie, because we've recently been watching The Vow, a lot of us, on HBO, and so much of that has to do with, like, very rich, mostly white people who bought into love indoor volleyball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, Essentially I mean, play indoor volleyball all day Indoor long. volleyball. But, like, there's a lot of these very rich, mostly white people who buy into mm-hmm. this cult, not because they have, like, super real-world problems, like problems with wealth, spirituality, any of that stuff. It's like... They have to create their own problems because so many of their other problems are solved by privilege. Right. My my pro like their problem is not succeeding at like a level that they want to. Yeah. Like it's or, like when when they've already succeeded far more than ninety nine percent of the people. It's on like Earth. I'm not succeeding in more than one field right now, and exactly. that is that means that I am fully unfulfilled in life. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like having the, it's like the question in like simple economics of surplus, surplus, mm-hmm. like having enough surplus that you have time to sit around and be like, oh, I'm not like maximizing my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you think that this book examines 
Massey, what what we could consider a modern woman by some totally ways. absolutely. I mean, a child, but mm-hmm. um, <laughs> she acts like you know a fucking thirty year old American psycho. So I think you should, in some ways, think of her as like a lizard person. Absolutely, this is mm-hmm. a like just the most in terms of because you know I mean Franny, I know Franny and I are both interested in MLMs and the women who oh yeah. buy them. And and I was about to say, could we could you know MLMs are usually they're often you know, side hustles for women. Could we call a jobby a side hustle? I would say those words are synonymous. Wow. Yeah. What is an MLM? An MLM, this is good for listeners at home, it's a mid-level marketing, normally... Multi-level. Multi-level marketing. I've always known it as mid-level, but that makes more sense. Multi-level marketing scheme. Essentially, it's, you know, it's a pyramid scheme. It's, I'm, you're going to buy $500 worth of beauty products and find five more people to buy $500 worth of beauty products. And at some point, they say, you're going to start seeing your money get back. But really, it's just this unstable business model where more people keep putting in money to pay the last people who put in money. And some examples of MLMs, some of my favorite MLMs, obviously (laughs) Tyra Beauty. Yes. Tyra's Cosmetics, where you had to pay up front to get your stock. Um, I would encourage everyone to look up LuluRoe Leggings. These are... LuluRoe leggings are are an insane. That's a very fun deep dive into MLMs. Are they the ones who like buy you a car? No, that's. I think Mary Kay and Pamper Chef are like. Yeah. I've done a Mary kind Kay of respected. Party yeah, I've done mm-hmm. a Mary Kay party too, and it's like obviously, you know, Sad. yeah. And it, is it ethical to like kind of run your business? Like, is any business structure ethical? Probably not. But Pampered Chef and Mary Kay, at least the people who work there, seem to be very happy, and mm. that, those seem to be actual full time careers. I don't, I don't know. I think there is true, a but... problem, especially with these these MLMs, because so many of them are based around the idea that because they started popping up, I think generally in like the form that we see them now in the mm-hmm. in the fifties and sixties, because the idea was that so many wives at home have like time on their hands, and they mm-hmm. are always getting around with the other time for a jobby. <laughs> time, they have time for a jobby and so but they're always getting together with all their you know the other wives in the neighborhood and that's like a selling opportunity right, right? Mm-hmm. like you said you went to a mary Kay party and like there are those kind of parties they're like avon parties there are they're like pure romance parties pure exactly. romance sex toys. yeah exactly sex yeah. toy parties oh. like but all of those are just <laughs> multi-level marketing schemes where right. someone uses their personal relationship to sell you a product and you trust you them absolutely don't need Exactly. And products that are usually mostly, I I, I mean. I wouldn't hmm. want someone to sell me a sex toy in a group setting. You wouldn't want, like, your aunt to sell you a sex toy (laughs) in front of all your other cousins. (laughs) Michelle, I have to cancel your bachelorette party plans for when you get married. I guess that's fucking all the list. It's like a fucked up, it's a super fucked up thing, but, like, it is, it was a business model that was specifically created to take advantage of where women were situated in. Well, and it currently still takes advantage yeah. of, like, these MLMs prey on, like, lower middle class, like, working class women, mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Who, like, they're like, wouldn't it be awesome if you had, like, a side hustle that could, like, supplant, supplement your income enough? And it's, like, it very much preys on, and, like, um, I forget 
is it Herbalife? Herbalife is a Herbalife. big one. Yeah. 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 And that specifically preys on like Latinos and like there's all these like specific like communities that these are targeted at and it's all like economically vulnerable, like historically mm-hmm. economically vulnerable. Well, but Sophie, say- you may be, you know, $800 in debt after signing on with Herbalife, but you would be a girl boss. That's, That's true. actually so, true. <laughs> the trade-off, I mean, it's worth it. Anything is worth, is anything is worth that title. Yeah, mm-hmm. shout out, another mm-hmm. shout out to ACB, our modern hero. Um, I think this is such an interesting book because I didn't think about it <laughs> as like, I didn't want to give it the credit that maybe it's trying to critique any of the behavior because it is specifically a children's book. So I feel like what it needs to be saying needs to be in some way recognizable in like a, a smaller person's viewpoint. Because if I read this and it was like an adult novel, I would be able to understand like, the irony behind her decisions and her success in the end, but the fact that this is a kid's story and there's no comeuppance or change because of bad behavior at the end, it feels more like it's signing off on what is happening. And and let's explain exactly, because I don't think we've actually said exactly like what this scheme is. Why don't you give a breakdown? Talk about her job. So... Massey wants a jobby. She's reading Teen Vogue. She sees this woman, Anastasia Breeze, um, who's known for having a purple streak in her hair and having a dwarf mini horse, which apparently, I mean, I thought a mini horse was about the size of, like, a dog. It apparently, is. but are they the size of, like, a small dog? In <laughs> like this book, a, like they a chihuahua? There are horses in purses. And I'm like, <laughs> that is not, that's not true. That is, like, a, like a mare's fetus is that size. Like, a, a mini horse cannot fit in a purse. No, that's it's not like, how it works. It's like those animals from the end of Spy Kids 2. Right. If you're familiar. <laughs> Island of Lost uh, Dreams. But, um, so, this woman is the founder of Be Pretty Cosmetics. And her uh, whole thing is... You know, she is looking for new sellers to preach the philosophy of Be Pretty Cosmetics and, you know, sell them, obviously. And um, that philosophy is Mm -hmm. that uh, you are, it's all about, like, you know, perfecting your natural beauty. We're not trying to hide imperfections here. We want you to be beautiful. We And you're already beautiful on the inside. Um, Massey tries to do that um, because she knows that if she becomes a top seller she'll get this purple streak in her hair that makes her like will essentially get her in anywhere she learns that the nice strategy doesn't really work for her so she starts just telling people hey you're fucking ugly you need to fix this and she yeah. immediately becomes the top seller yeah, in she all of history that, like, surfer girl and then like she comments on the bottom versus the top yeah, yeah. You know, she was like, like, we would all love it if you showed more of your ass. But <laughs> no, I think it, she's saying you got to stop showing so much, and I no. think it's a reference to Bush. No, she no. said you got to start showing. Yeah, it oh. was essentially like she was wearing baggy like cargo shorts, Here, and those yeah. are ugly as fuck. And I can't even tell if she has an ass or not at the age of twelve. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, so that she's Here, like, yeah. wear a bikini bottom everywhere you go, and people are going to start looking at your legs more. And it's like I. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. This is Massey's exact uh, quote. She says, Surfing has toned you. Your butt is nice and high, but everything about it is D-R-Y. Massey handed Lindsay the purple bee reflective mirror and eyed her blue and black board shorts with contempt. I'm sure everyone on Long Island 
I'm sure I speak for everyone on Long Island when I say I'd like to see less coverage on the bottom and a lot more on top, starting with your face. Yes, dude, when she has it cheeked up. When she is talking about everyone on Long Island, she is specifically representing Jeffrey Epstein. She is saying, like, I have a couple of friends who would love to see less on bottom. Oh, no. My my uh my parents' friend, you know, I yeah. really like to meet I him. I have really who cool. loves yeah. massages. Um, and it was an egg penis. And you but... could make some money off of going over to this place once a week. Um, I, I, before, like... She becomes successful being really mean to girls, making them self-conscious, and then they have to buy her products. But before she does that, she tries going with the sales technique of Be Pretty, where she's like, your beauty is on the inside, and she's trying Mm -hmm. to sell them these natural products and not making fun of them. And it goes poorly for her like three times. But I want to specifically bring up one time when she talks to this girl named Kelsey, who (laughs) there's just this line she says that I feel like sums up Massey so well. Because this girl used to be ugly, she used to be flat-chested, acne in the face, a child, some would say, (laughs) of the age of 10. But over the summer, she's matured, she's a bombshell, she has bulky B-cups, it says. She's 11 years old now. Um, And so Massey says, when she is turned away by this girl, she says, her beauty was new, just like her money. And that is like the coldest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's so like great Gatsby fucking weird shit. Honestly, like this book contains like what I've been begging for from these books ever since we started rereading them, which is clear cut critique. Satire of some, yeah, it's like maybe, all right, I'm coming over to your side that Lisi was writing this going like, I am going to show the model of what I think a lot of modern, you know, so-called rich MLM women are. And I'm going to show you just how fucking absurd that is. And Mm -hmm. the critique of kind of like capitalist feminism of this organization Mm -hmm. being like, you don't need makeup, but you do. Buy it from us. I think the big problem, and I know I brought up Sopranos earlier, but it's the same thing where it's like, you make a character and you make it subtle, and there's going to be a lot of idiots who think, Tony Soprano's so rad, he's so cool, (laughs) Massey's so cool, she's so bad girl, she's rad. Like, no, both of these characters are meant to be looked upon with shame and disgust for their actions. Massey Mm -hmm. and Tony Mm -hmm. Soprano share... (laughs) Yeah, and the biggest part of it is this psychotic anger that comes out. There's like a point where she's like goes deaf with ringing in her ears when some girl's like, who are you? She's just some girl. And Massey like loses herself to rage like Patrick Bateman looking at a business card. Tony goes to therapy and Massey doesn't. That's true. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Massey needs a Melfi. Yeah, yeah. Mass- a Massey, yeah. a Massey, but, needs and you know, and <laughs> the thing is that you know, Stu, you mentioned like, oh, like these idiots reading this are going to think Massey, you know, is. Um, but let me let me say this: is that the Sopranos is meant for adults, and this is meant for yes. children. <laughs> okay, that's, I guess that's what I mean. Like when I say idiots, I don't want to say like little girls are are inherently idiots. No, I mean, it's okay; like, they are. But yeah, but, they you know, are. And when most, I was like yeah. ten years old, a ten year old boy seeing like a boy who was mean and cool, but then didn't get any comeuppance, was like, wow, I want to be like that too. You know, I want to be that kid yeah. who wears like a t shirt over a long sleeve shirt. Right. That was exactly huge like for AJ Soprano. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. I think that's appeal of that's the appeal of Massey, and like in this book, is that 
and the, with all of the click novels, it's like, you know, you hear, like, these descriptions of what they're wearing, what they're doing, mm-hmm. how they look, and you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to look like that. Like, I want to be yeah. in the Banana Republic pantsuit and shit like that. They're not wearing Banana Republic. No, they're wearing, like, Hermes scarves. Okay. <laughs> Banana Republic is, is one step above Gap. Yeah. So, it's out, actually. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely yeah. out. I think there was one point where where Massey said that, like, being a girl boss is um, good, but it means that pantsuits will be involved. Being the president. Oh, being the president is good, (laughs) but but it means you have to wear pantsuits. That's one of her jobbies. It's like when she lists the possible jobbies, one of her direct things is just straight to CEO. Be the president. It's like veterinarian, social planner. CEO. President. President. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and honestly, that's what feminism should do. Feminism should convince these, like, young women with personality disorders that they should well, be president. Speaking of the personality, I just showed off my notes to everybody who I'm talking to. I have a lot of them because this book struck me deeply. And I think maybe it's because I didn't realize it was such a prescient satire of our times. But um, there's a line where she gets yelled at by someone for what she's doing and what she's saying to girls. I think she sold a bunch of makeup to, like, a nine-year-old girl yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, she, like, st- robbed a child. Well, what she does is she sells makeup to a ten-year-old girl, and then the next day the ten-year-old girl shows up at the country club essentially looking like, like, they go so far as to say, basically, that she looks like a prostitute. They practically write the word streetwalker yes. in this book. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, she's so, but, walking the street in her yeah. makeup. A woman of the night she had become. <laughs> but, Matt, uh, when when her parents are yelling at her about this, Massey, there's this very descriptive line where Massey, uh, it's described as, she lowered her eyes the way someone who felt bad would do. <laughs> Which, like, to me, I read that and I think, like, Massey has never felt bad. She yeah. learns her emotions by looking in the mirror and, like, doing big smiles and stuff, you know? Like, it's freaky as Massey hell. imitated what she thought her yeah. idea of a person with empathy What she thought all the NPCs be. might do. She was the only real one. <laughs> yeah, wow. Um... That's a really, that's a really good point. I'm glad that you caught that, like, and you read into that that way, because it is, like, it's scary. Like, Massey is, like... She is scary. In this book, like, mm-hmm. literally, she never, ever gets what's coming to her. Mm-mm. Like, because when she gets in trouble, I don't want to skip ahead, but, like... No, she... we, we can, I think we're there. Yeah, yeah let's, yeah. like, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, she, we should just say she sells so much makeup as to have... Uh, this Anastasia woman come from the company to throw her, like, a party for being the number one seller at the thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, like, once she gets, you know, in trouble because they, like, they they play back the video clip of all her customers and everyone is, like, honest, just the same way Massey was with them, brutally honest, Mm -hmm. about how they got to that look, I feel like... Even when Anastasia takes her aside into a separate room and is like, Massey, like, you're fucking ugly. To, which is fucked up for well, Can adult? I read this quote? Yeah, yeah please do, please okay. do. Yeah. This is a powerful um, section. So, um, Anastasia calls her ugly, and Massey says, you seriously think I'm ugly? The room started spinning. It was hard to know where Anastasia's Oscar statue dress began and the curtains ended. Massey felt like a cardboard cone swirling around a giant <laughs> vat of gold cotton candy. Ugly? Yes. Anastasia turned to face Massey, her almond-shaped eyes glistening with tears. On the inside. The spinning room settled. 
few Massey fans of Warhead, <laughs> so I'm still pretty uh, on the outside, right? <laughs> no existential terror here. Oh, so I, like, Massey was really, like, locking her knees, like, ready to fucking yes. pass she out. She is, I like, shit. it's so descriptive of that scene in American Psycho with the business cards where it's, like, this little thing that other people don't take. She, like, has these weird standards for her. She's like an alien who's come to Earth and has only learned what's important through, mm-hmm. like, Teen Vogue. And yeah. she believes that, like, without being pretty on the outside, she is truly worthless and mm-hmm. haunting. Just a haunting thing. I also and the thing is, some... is, she, is she right in terms of society? Huh? Is Massey hot question. at 13 years old? Oh, is that you? No, that's not <laughs> the question. No, that's not, no, that's not my question. <laughs> oh, okay. Does society deem Massey a total hottie? <laughs> or a nutty? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is tough. This is such a weird thing. I just, I wanted to specifically bring it back to the way she gets invited to this, like, big party for being the best um, seller is she's, like, hanging out in her backyard and a helicopter full of purple glitter, which, like, it's raining purple glitter. Seems disrespectful to Kobe. Damn. Right. Purple and gold glitter. They're both mentioned in the book. Is, did they know? Did Lisey know? Did Lisey know? God damn. R.I.P. Kobe. But I gotta like so Anastasia lands on her lawn in a helicopter to tell her that they're gonna be hosting a party for her. Her parents, uh, 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 Massey's parents, nowhere to be found. They're nowhere. not here. An adult comes to their house yeah. in a helicopter, <laughs> talks to their child, and leaves. Well, it sounds normal. It sounds totally normal. There's <laughs> lots them. of there's lots of flying vehicles where adults. Yeah, our talk friend to Jeff Massey. did that the other night. I don't <laughs> see what's the big deal about that. <laughs> the, the Lolita Express helicopter. <laughs> oh, no. But during that, um, she she, oh, God, she says something about how like. At first, she thought the helicopter was probably the Seinfelds. A drop at another pedophile, by the way. <laughs> Here's what's crazy. We get one more reference where she says that one girl she sold um, makeup to had the eyes of a gerbil. And then the way she says it is that um, she says that you have the eyes of a gerbil. You'd only attract Richard Gere. Which is a joke about a rumor from the 90s that Richard Gere put a gerbil in his ass for sexual pleasure. Which really? is not yeah. true. I mean, it's a joke that we was made up on... True. That's true. Actually, I don't know if it is true. It might be true. But Richard Gere, come of, on the pod. Answer this once and for all. You guys need a double guest episode with Lisi and Richard, and Richard Gere, Gere. And you need to sort this out. Yeah. But, like, they're making a joke about a man putting a, a small animal in his asshole. And, like, it's not only is it just a weird rumor, but, like, who is that for? It's not for the exactly. kids reading the book. No. no. And I think that that's a really good note to kind of end our analysis of the book on. Uh, well, <laughs> oh, and can no, we say that... Means... Yeah, we need to say what happens to Massey in the end. Yeah, after she nothing. Has final note. That's the well, bullshit. After she's chided by mm. Anastasia, Anastasia's like, well, you know, I... Um, I'll, I'll forgive you if you go out and apologize to everyone. And at right. this gala, everyone is... Um, that she's made over is there. And she basically, Massey comes out and she says like, uh, sorry, not sorry. And everyone's like, yes, we love you. Truth yeah. is beauty. They applaud. Um, Everyone yeah, stood then, up and clapped. Even her parents did. They like, they, they sort of switched they sides. They were on Benzos though. Yeah. yeah her parents were <laughs> locked up. But then yeah. when, when Anastasia like, before that, when Anastasia uh-huh. was like, I'll forgive you, they go in for a hug. Yes. And what we, we think, they're just going in for like a weird hug. Yes. Sort of frenemy hug. 
But what you find out later on... For, yeah, an adult hugging Mandy, a child. No, sorry, so. mass... Yeah, an adult... Oh, that's, let's really make that specific. <laughs> this is a grown woman who, again, has not met this daughter's... Uh, this this girl's parents and has talked to her many times yep. privately. And planned a party on her behalf. Exactly. A party Full with nothing. <laughs> Full embrace. But what we mm. learn is that... Massey stole the purple crayon, sort of the magic, Harold and the yeah. magic pur- purple crayon sort of thing. <laughs> Which yeah. I do have and issues with this crayon that both bleaches and colors your hair at the same time. Yeah. And I know that's a small shit. issue, but Massey has not even specifically gonna... chestnut hair, so. Yeah. yeah. This I is mean... sort of in the lore of the book. And then and then as the lore continues, when Massey goes to the store, she's trying to get these sunglasses. She goes that, to a sunglass hut. That Nicole Richie <laughs> had this pair of sunglasses five-year wait list for these pairs of sunglasses. To be fair, these are Dolce & Gabbana gold-rimmed, oversized glasses. I mean, these were impossible to get at the time. Could you imagine working retail at, like, a fancy store and some 13-year-old comes up to you and goes, just put it in the bag. I know it's a, a don't put it in the bag. I'm wearing them out of here. And you're, you're like, like, what the fuck? They say, to her, they say to her, like, no, you have to be on a wait list for five years, and even then you're not going to get them because everybody wants these sunglasses. And then... She flips her yeah, hair he, to reveal that she had stolen the purple marker crayon. Mm-hmm. She's given herself a streak in her hair. And immediately, they lock the doors of the store. Problematic with a child inside of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like what they're doing. And they retrieve these sunglasses for her. They bring them to them. And they act as if this kid is, like, like made of gold. I don't understand what the purple streak, how everyone knows that the purple streak in your hair makes you a better human being than them. Especially because this is a multi-level marketing scheme. Yeah. If if anything, shouldn't it be like the scarves in Nexium? It's like, it's nothing. It's just a trick. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the branding of that dude's initials. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I I, I think like... I, I haven't gotten that far in Nexium. I just watched or the bow. As someone that's worked retail at Nothing Bun Cakes, I feel like I resonate deeply with the people that work there. You're just like stoned at work, and then this like 13 year old shows her purple streak, and, and you gotta like, close that. You're like, fine. Here's the lemon poppy seed cake. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you have to be on like a waiting list to get. I I, I, I want to specifically like bring up the fact that. The only reason she got this job was to get her visa back. She got that back. Mm-hmm. She made enough money to really easily repay the money she lost by getting kicked out of the horse riding farm. Mm-hmm. She stole the marker from Anastasia to give herself the purple streak, which makes her better in society. Uh, some sort of commentary on class? Perhaps, Sophie. Perhaps. perhaps. <laughs> but, like, she also has everyone in the community who she was really mean to to sell makeup they all loved her at and the end. And that's what mm-hmm. these books are like. There is nothing. It's like, it could be the most, like, the most well-crafted critique. Like, I think this book is. But Lisi always manages to fucking, like, spike it at the <laughs> end and just be like, nothing matters. We're all gonna die. Like, this 13-year-old is better than you and there's nothing you can do about it, you stupid fat fuck. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, like, maybe this is the last thing we should say. But when she's trying to get the, the golden glasses, and this is, you know... I mean, another connection to Epstein. <laughs> um, the employee at the store says, you couldn't get those glasses even if your name was Ivanka. Weird. <laughs> A weird reference to me. And I think that we should just cut it there. <laughs> I think that we're yeah, done talking we're about done. this book. I think you just spiked it. I'm going to... Uh, some. They're going to find my body tomorrow with a broken hyoid bone. <laughs> and uh, I want to just say it now. I have no suicidal ideation. Of it, <laughs> so it is a murder. <laughs> 
All right. Um, does anybody have any final thoughts? Um, I think that Massey deserves to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this was by far the best book in the summer series. Absolutely. And this also, like Alicia's? It's really bad. Uh, Alicia's was my third favorite. What's second? For mine, my ranking is Massey, Claire, Alicia, Dylan, Kristen. Kristen's was Who goes to Orlando? That's Claire. Claire. Claire Claire goes to Orlando. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that this is a great way to end our summer. Literally, it's the end of summer. Mm -hmm. We're with our best friends, and um, we're talking about the best book of the summer series. (laughs) Yeah, and thank you, Lisey. Thank I hope you, you're Lisey. listening. Thank I you, hope Lisey. you're listening. Please respond to my DM. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Our theme music is by Leggy. Guess, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no. Oh, I'm going to make ice creams. So if you're in the Chicago area, I'll sell you ice cream. What's your Instagram where they could find images of that ice cream? doesn't exist yet <laughs> no but i mean you have a you personal... can follow me on instagram my instagram is at squid shell that's sort of like michelle but with a squid where the mish would go <laughs> and you can follow me on twitter <laughs> that was crazy <laughs> you can follow me on twitter and instagram at stuart high car c-a-r like you're saying hi to a car i've got you know all sorts of stuff on there and if you want you can go and listen to franny and sophie on my podcast statesman where we Mm -hmm. talk about people's home states and uh you know their experiences through the five senses you guys were on for one of my favorite episodes it's an awesome pod yeah it's it's an absolute honor to be back on this pod i will say though yeah and thank you guys for coming back on i thought this was our two-night event much like dancing with the stars yeah. This was a yeah. two-night event. Absolutely. And much like Dancing with the Stars, it uh, you know gets cut in the middle by a biblical quotation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. You know, with the reformat, Tyra's really been going deep into Tyra Genesis. Tyra is I not don't know. okay. Tyra's revelation. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Peace out, everybody. Follow our show at Girls Like Us Show on Instagram and Twitter. Send us messages, send us feedback, but only if you're going to be nice. <laughs> <laughs>